Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. This is the weekend edition where we interview notable people from the world of real estate investing. Today is no exception. We have a great guest all the way from Atlanta, Georgia. Welcome to the show, Hayden Crabtree. Hey, Victor. Thanks for having me. So, Hayden, we've got to know each other over the last few years, and you're very active in the world of storage, self-storage, boat storage, RV storage, all different kinds of storage. Why don't you give a little bit of your backstory in terms of how you got into this particular segment? Funny how it actually happened. Whenever we were originally looking for single-family and multifamily property to buy, uh, we came across a storage complex in our hometown of Athens, Georgia. And we said, you know, hey, we've heard something about this niche, uh, never done it before. So we kind of dove in and bought our first small property there and kind of never looked back because we love it. I love that. And what is it about storage that you really like? Me personally, I really like how easy it is to deal with all the tenants. You know, we're not fixing toilets. We don't ever have termites. Uh, At the end of the day, we have a, a concrete slab, some metal doors that roll up. And, you know, one thing that we've transitioned to is a uh, managerless system to where we don't actually have employees on site, but we do everything through a phone center and online. Now, it's more than just having a box and a concrete slab generating the revenue, especially in today's environment. There's a lot of competition. There's a lot of new product coming into the market. Certainly the REITs have gotten, I've taken notice that the rates of return are attractive in this particular segment. So there's almost too much money coming into the segment. How do you differentiate in the market and maintain your market share with all that new capacity coming in? Well, you're exactly right, Victor. When you're diving into self-storage, you really have to be careful about the supply and demand metrics. You know, I see a lot of people building storage in already overly saturated markets, which just kind of has me shaking my head because this is, at the end of the day, a commodity much like gas. Uh, People are going to buy based off of price. So with that, we like to differentiate ourselves by really having great marketing campaigns to be in front of customers. Uh, Almost all the customers rent storage the day of they need it. People aren't you know, buying storage and renting storage when they don't need it. You know, when they see a need, most of all of them hit Google uh, and click on the first Google ad that pops up. So, you know, in addition to being in a great location on a corner that's heavily trafficked, you really want to be advertising all the time. That makes a lot of sense. I thought what would be useful, I know that you were working on a project recently that I thought was quite creative to do a deep dive on one specific project. I think it'd be very useful for our listeners just to see what's possible And I'm thinking specifically of the project that you're doing in South Florida. Yeah, awesome. I'd love to talk about that one. So I was on the hunt for some storage property that we could develop in Florida because we really like Florida. And in this process, I came across in the depths of the internet a, uh, a property that was listed for sale by a broker who specialized in business broker, not necessarily uh, self-storage or even real estate for that matter. So I got in contact with them, asked about the property through that process, you know, they were marketing it as a potential high growth area where storage could be built. But after we really dove in and spoke with the local municipalities, you know, we learned that it was not going to be able to build storage on it until you spend years and years of legal battles. And at the end of the day, we would really like to be able to build self-storage on it. But what was currently happening on it was boat and RV parking. So the current owner had built up a business over the last 10 years of boat and RV customers. Uh, and what was really interesting to me about this is that it's in a high growth area that doesn't necessarily have a huge population right now. So we found the property and everybody else who had looked at it had passed on the property because they were trying to sell it where it could be developed on, but it wasn't quite ready. 
So everybody thought that the property wasn't really worth it. Well, once we dug in a little bit more and we noticed the revenue stream coming from just the boat and RV parking, there was no self-storage. All that was happening is boats and RVs. What we realized is that in that niche, most self-storage operators are treating it as an ancillary income. So if they've got some extra land, they'll throw some boat and RVs out there, you know, maybe 10, 20 spaces, something like that. But with such a large property, you know, they were running at 99% full, almost 100% occupancy, no more room. So I thought that, that was really interesting. And, I, and as I dug down and learned more about it, uh, I realized that this property, even though it was so full, one of the main reasons it was so full is because it was under market rates. So we negotiated with the seller on the property. We actually ran into a situation where we have a lease option. So when we took over the property, we're going to fight the legal battles to move forward and actually build self-storage on it. But in the meantime, we learned that the current business now can actually be really viable. So just to give you some background numbers on that, when we bought the property, the rent rolls were at about 22000 a month. And we moved all of the current customers, not even to market average, but we moved them to 80% of market average. And from there, uh, we took our rent rolls from 22000 a month to almost 29000 a month. What I really enjoy about that is there, all the customers weren't on a long-term lease. We didn't have to wait 12 months. We didn't have to wait till people vacated. Everybody was on a 30-day month-to-month lease. So we had the ability within 30 days notice to raise those people's rents. So within two months of taking over the property and running it, uh, we'd added about 30% in additional value to it. I love that. And still, you actually have not actually shelled out the cash to own the property. You simply have a lease option on the property. Yeah, so we, we, uh, it was a great deal for both parties because it was a win-win. Uh, the owner got what he wanted and we got a free property. We put $0 down uh, and we're paying for all the legal fees out of pocket. But, you know, the property is already profitable. Can't get much better than that. I love that. From a marketing perspective, what makes this property so attractive that it's filling up? Is it just in a good location? Is it on the path to people's homes? What, what is it about this particular property that's making it do so well? Well, what really brought interest for me to it is that there's uh, the first ever solar city in the entire United States, just called Babcock Ranch, uh, is going in and, you know, looking at that project, it's a 20-year project. It's going to be a a master-planned town, not a master-planned community, but a master-planned town of 50,000 people, and this property was right across the road from it. So while the area is going to be very, very attractive in the next 5, 10, 20 years, there really wasn't a huge population base around it right now. So when I started diving into that a little bit more, I said, how are they so full out here, but there's really not a population base? Because in self-storage in my background, almost all of your customers come from within a three-mile radius. But I had people who were renting from me, uh, from where you're from, Victor. I mean, there's, we have Canadian clients renting from us. I have a guy who lives in Russia that rents from us. And people were driving all the way from Fort Lauderdale over to Southwest Florida. And what I'm finding is that just the market is completely underserved uh, in all product categories. So, you know, it's really not in a great location. It's not convenient in any way. There's just such a high demand for it that we're getting a lot of customers from it. Wow, that's amazing. If there is that large a mismatch between the demand and the supply, what about expanding? We're definitely have our uh, sights set on expanding right now. So there are a couple of different levels of RV storage and boat storage in the industry. What we currently have is a mix of both. We have a premium product, which is a covered boat and RV space. So a lot of the people view their motor coaches or RVs as a big investment. And a lot of times this is someone's second or third home that they're going to spend months and months of the year in. 
So a lot of people will go when they reach retirement or even not when they reach retirement, but they have good income, they'll go and buy uh, a half a million or a million dollar motorhome. But they view these as investments. So people, unlike the self-storage world, view the boat and RVs as something that they really want to protect the value in in case they ever go to resell it. So when someone spends a million dollars on an RV, they don't mind paying a premium price to have it parked in a covered spot because of the, the covered nature the RVs not going to depreciate faster, both in terms of exterior paint and interior surfaces. So there's a couple different products. We want to expand into all of them, but on the higher level, we're going to get better rents as covered boat and RV. And even above that, there's some places that are doing inside boat and RV where they have climate controlled warehouses. And we're looking into that one, but we're not quite there yet. My favorite right now is just exterior covered to protect it from the sun. And if you have an electrical plug up, those are really good. And that's where we're set on expanding. Okay, so you've talked a little bit about the high end, but I you know, think about people, for example, the folks across the street from my house, they have a boat, uh, they sometimes have it in their driveway, they sometimes try and stuff it in the back of their garage, but if your HOA doesn't permit that, there's got to be a segment of the market that's at the low end as well. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So we really like the upper level, but there's also the lower level of people who necessarily don't have a, a million dollar or half a million dollar RV. You know, they might have a used one that's forty or fifty thousand dollars. And these people, while they don't mind not parking it under a covered surface, you know, they're still not allowed to park it in their driveway due to either their HOA or their local municipality. So in some situations, you don't have to have any structures, any buildings, just have a fenced lot where people are willing to come in and park with no coverage at all. And that's still a good income generator for us. Do you also focus on shrink wrap protection? We do not currently do any shrink wrap protection. We've been diving in trying to find uh, a bunch of different value adds. We've looked at providing customers with covers to protect it from the sun. We've looked at shrink wrap. We've looked at dehumidifiers. We're looking at how to get people power so they can plug their unit up and keep it regulated temperature wise. So it's something that has a ton of potential in it. And really broadly, everywhere I look, the need is not being met in terms of providers like us. That's awesome. The entry level. So what's the difference in price, let's say, between the entry level and the covered parking? Sure. So just like in self-storage, you're going to have different size units. You might have a 5 by 10 or a 10 by 10 Well, not all, all RVs come in one size. So some people have 20-foot RVs and some people have 45-foot RVs. Uh, so in every different segment, you're going to have different sizes. So let's say someone has a 20-foot RV and they want to make it uncovered. Uh, at our property, we charge $50 for that. And then say if someone had a 45-foot RV and they want it uncovered, you know, we charge $75 for that. Versus if somebody wanted to go into a covered space, which we're completely 100% full with a wait list, uh, we can't even offer that to people right now. But you know, a 40-foot space that's covered just in an exterior building somewhat too, uh, similar to a pole barn and nothing sophisticated, just getting them out of the sun and out of the heat, that's going to go for around $250 a month, which is pretty crazy whenever I started digging into it. So there's de- definitely some serious margin to be made in the covered parking. There's a lot of margin to be made there. There's a lot of demand there. Uh, you know, we're at $250. I've seen other people up to $400 to $500 a month just to park exterior that are in a, a good location. You know, we're charging a little bit less rent because we're not in the best location right now, but we're still 100% full with a wait list. And, you know, to me, I said, that sounds crazy. Why is anybody going to pay $250 up to $500 a month to park it outside underneath this, uh, in the shade? And when you think about it, you know, if you've got a $500,000 motor coach, 
that's a very small investment to protect your resale value over the course of two, three, four, five years. Absolutely. What about security? What do you do to secure, prevent uh, vandalism, theft, all of those types of things that would be a natural concern for any owner? Yeah, 100%. So all of our properties are completely fenced and gated. Uh, we do have full-time staff on site that watches over it, and we have full camera systems and lights to uh, you know, make sure everything is visible and, and clean and just deter thieves that would come in. That's awesome. So if folks want to learn more, if they want to get in touch, what's the best way? Sure. Just reach out to me on my personal email. It's Hayden at RVVaultUSA.com. That's H-A-Y-D-E-N at RVVaultUSA.com. Fantastic. Well, that's a great story. I wish you all the success with that. Uh, that first project is very interesting. I know you've got others in the pipeline as well. So definitely reach out to Hayden at Hayden at rvvaultusa.com. And in the meantime, have an awesome rest of your weekend. Go make some great things happen. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Bye.